Hi there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the M365 Voice. I'm Sarah Hazi. And I am Mike Marani. I'm Antonio Maya. And we are thrilled to have a very special guest with us today, one of my uh, very best friends and a fantastic person who's going to have a lot of insight to share, Edith Young. Welcome, Edith. Thank you, Sarah, Mike, and Antonio. Thank you for having me today. Uh, so, so can you introduce a little bit about yourself and who you are and how maybe you even came to be on the episode today? Absolutely. So my name is Edith Young and a little bit about me. So I am a woman in leadership in the tech world. I have been in information technology for, well, this will be my 26th year. And I've been in leadership specifically uh, just a little under six years. Uh, I started out years ago in information technology for startup companies. And I thought, oh, this is a great, great, you know, industry to be in. You know, you're always on top of things. You know what the latest and the greatest is that's coming. And so I was like, I'm sticking with this. And I've served in many roles. I started out in administrative roles. I worked into support roles. Um, back in 2008, I fell in love with SharePoint and got my first, uh, how do you want to say, exposure and started using it, learning all about metadata and great ways to set up solutions for end users and you know do things like user adoption and governance and that is how i met sarah actually so i met sarah in 2011 at best buy and i worked in the it pmo there and was the individual who was in charge of creating the it pmo project sites on sharepoint and then I learned about a user group that Best Buy was uh, standing up and they'd actually had it up and running for a while. And I reached out to Sarah and there was another gentleman there named Fred Bear. And I said, hey, how do I get involved? And you know, make this a part of what I do here at Best Buy. And it just kind of took off from there. And then Sarah and I became very fast friends and wonderful, very close friends now, all these years later. And when I uh, left Best Buy, I went on to um, work for a consulting company for a few months prior to landing my next gig. Um, and so I did consulting for multiple different um, IT organizations and non-IT organizations as a consultant. And then I learned consulting isn't for me. <laughs> so I wanted to find a permanent job doing SharePoint in an in a stable organization. And I uh, saw a posting on LinkedIn by a hiring manager at Hennepin County. Hennepin County is the largest county in the state of Minnesota. Uh, they serve 1.2 million residents and um, they have quite a robust um, technology realm, I would say. So they're very up to date. You sometimes hear about government organizations not always having the most up-to-date software technology, but I would tell you that Hennepin is really on that. So when I joined there, I was a SharePoint business analyst, 
And I came in with user adoption and training and governance and building solutions. And after a while, about three years into my SharePoint career at Hennepin County, I said, I think, I think there's more here for me. I, I feel like leadership is calling. And so I applied for an IT supervisor position in our public defender's office. And I went to the hiring manager. I like to do that. I go straight to the source. And uh, I reached out and said, hey, can we talk about this? I want to know before I apply if I even have a chance. And she said, I think you should. I think you should. And I found out there were 10 other candidates. It was an internal posting. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to throw my name in the hat. So I applied. And I got it. And I was overjoyed and sad at the same time because I was going to be leaving SharePoint work, but I was going to be going over to lead and have a team member who was doing SharePoint for the public defender's office. So I did that role. I've got to inter I've got to interject because I'm already yeah. I'm already intrigued. So I know that you and I have talked about this, but for the yeah. folks that are listening to the podcast episode, I know that you have um you have decided at multiple times in your career to take a turn um, and to lean into something new, to lean into something different and lean into something that a lot of people would think is a pretty scary thing to do because it's the world of the unknown. Can I ask you just to talk a little bit about how you approach a situation like that, especially coming from, we talk a lot about, right? Two consultants on the call, one person who tends to work for, or who works for large enterprise organizations. Sometimes making those kind of career transitions can be difficult. How do you think about and how do you counsel people to think about making career changes and decisions? So um, <clears throat> my one philosophy in life, well, I probably have multiple, but this is one that really uh, sticks with me is you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I lean into that because that's where I feel the most challenged and the most rewarded. So when I talk to others who are looking at moving into a leadership position or they're looking at changing their career path, I'm always like, lean into it and find somebody in the area that you trust. You know, so for me, I found leaders who I trusted and had conversations with them. And that's how I went about applying for the leadership position uh, at Hennepin County and moving myself into that. And I just knew I was gonna be uncomfortable for a while. Um, did it keep me awake at night? Sure. <laughs> uh, but being awake at night and the reward that you get when you fully put yourself into something uh, outweighs all of that, so. Mute, Mike. I am on mute. <laughs> um, so you've had a lovely career of 26 years. You've gone from uh, being in IT to the consultant to the leadership position. Uh, really, really very exciting way to move up uh, in the tech industry. Uh, we face challenges. Everyone faces challenges when you move up in your career throughout the years. Um, from your perspective, from a from a woman in tech perspective, I'm pretty sure like like uh, like some of us have faced challenges. Like, do you have any unique challenges that you faced 
being a woman in tech and what advice, like what, how, how did you overcome all of this um, in, in, a, in an industry that in the past was prominently dominated by uh, men? That's a great question. Very good question, Mike. So I would say I built relationships with groups or areas that I felt I was going to have challenges with. I wanted them to see who I was authentically and in a transparent fashion. And so by doing that, I think I overcame their fears of, well, does she really know what she's talking about? Does she really have value that she can bring? And then I just went on and fostered those relationships. So you just kind of keep building and growing yourself and leaning in. Like I took an amazing 12 week leadership program um, that was offered through NACO, which is the National Association of Counties. Um, but the program is Professional Development Academy. So if you look them up on LinkedIn, you can find them. And they have a 12-week leadership course. And it's actually based off of um, Colin Powell's book, which is It Worked for Me in Life and Leadership. Um, and that's his book. And He's since left us, but what he left us with, and he has 13 rules that he lived by. And I actually lean into a lot of that and read his book. And I have multiple pages marked of things that resonate with me as a leader. And then I want to continually keep practicing. Because once you get into leadership, you can't just take it for granted. You can't just think, okay, now I'm a leader. I'm just going to ride it. You really have to focus on what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are so that you can bring them together to be the best person for your team, uh, for your employees, uh, for your overall just focus in leadership. So some, something you said there is interesting. Um, I love the the topic of leaning into the uncomfortableness and the the using that as a way to to become comfortable. But what you said there a minute ago about um, building relationships with people or groups that you're going to have challenges with. Did and, and the answer is probably a bit of both. But I just want to ask: Did you do that proactively with groups that you thought you were going to have issues with, or as you run into issues, or as you run into the challenges? Well, then, okay, what groups and what people are involved? Let's go try to build some relationships and some trust with those people. Was it? proactive or was it as the issues arose? You know, it was a little bit of both, Antonio. Um, so inherently, I think because I'm always in tune with what's kind of happening around me, I can pick up on, okay, so I know proactively this group's probably going to struggle a little bit. So what can I do? to build a relationship so we can be collaborative together. And then there's also those times where I was just not prepared at all and had to take a couple steps back and lean into what I know as a leader and where can I grow myself to help that team for us to become 
more cohesive, more collaborative, build that mm -hmm. relationship. So. And this is something that I know that you do really well, Edith, and this is conversations that you and I have had many times. I think that there's a natural tendency um, as, as humans in IT um, and as leaders that we're going to find ourselves in situations that are very uncomfortable, where we weren't expecting what we received. We weren't expecting um you know, a, a negative dialogue before it happened. We weren't expecting to get a negative email before it happened, or we find ourselves in a situation that is not even keeled and it's not right side up, it's upside down. Um, and one of the things that you've taught me highly is um, take a deep breath, you know, pull on pull on your glasses and, and dig in and lean into what's uncomfortable. And I kind of want to go back to that because I think so many people make decisions based on comfort first without even consciously realizing that that's what they're doing. They're leaning into the familiarity. They're leaning into that comfort feeling. You are a person that I know actually leans the opposite, um, meaning that you will more often than not, when there's a choice between being comfortable or being uncomfortable for growth, you choose uncomfortable for growth. Why do you think you do that? I think that's how I'm wired, honestly. I think back to my childhood, and I grew up on a farm in eastern Iowa, and I was an only child just by nature because of uh, the dynamics of our family. And so I was alone a lot. So my mom would be out in the field, or she'd be in a barn, and she'd be taking care of the animals. And so I was back at the house usually, and that meant having to be you know, disciplinary about making sure my homework got done. Um, it meant making sure that the chores that I was responsible for around the farm were getting done. And so I always just had to be prepared for whatever was coming, you know, down the pipeline to me. And sometimes that meant her being outside overnight. We'll just say there were some pigs giving birth, right? So she needed to be out there and I needed to be okay being in the house, this big farmhouse all by myself. And so I think a lot of that just led to me getting and building up who I am from a courage standpoint, um, having a very strong female presence by my mother who was a, a farmer who did that for like 40 or 50 years. And she did it by herself with the help from my brother when it came to planting the crops, that sort of thing. But financially, she had to run our farm. She had to make sure we had hands uh, when it came to, you know, um, baling hay or, you know, doing other things out in the field or with the animals. And so with that kind of structure, I just kept building on it. You know, and then I got into school and I wanted to try new things. And honestly, I looked like a boy until I was like 12 or 13. Um, <laughs> everybody was like, well, I can't tell. And I was just like, okay, well, great. Something's got to give here at some point, right? And so <laughs> um, then when people started to discover, oh, yeah, she is a girl and um you know, she's got a mind of her own and I've always had a mind of my own. You can ask Sarah that. Um, and I always have an opinion. <laughs> but what I tend to do is to make sure my opinions come off of facts. And that's how I present myself today. And I think, too, by standing my ground 
and being able to present myself always in a professional um, frame um, with knowledge versus mostly, like I said, I do have an opinion, but I also base it on facts. Uh, I've earned the respect that I've gotten to this point and um, it served me well. I hope that that kind of addresses what you were getting at there. I told you a little bit more about my farm life than you wanted to know, but <laughs> uh, more than I knew, actually. So I know that you're involved in a lot of um, professional organizations that support women, support growth of women at all stages in their career planning, which is, I think, incredibly important. Um, how what pieces of advice from a practical perspective for someone who is a new leader, wants to get into leadership? What practical advice would you give them? Maybe three or four tips as they get started in the leadership space to be able to become a well-rounded, supportive leader for their employees? Absolutely. Number one, get a mentor. Find a mentor either in your organization or outside your organization that you admire. Um, you will be paid back in dividends, I can, I can guarantee you. Number two, find an organization especially if you're a woman that supports and raises other women up. So offers professional development, offers those networking opportunities, brings you together with a group of like-minded women with the same goal of being able to support each other and make sure that you have the tools that you need to become the leader that you want to be. Um, I think a third thing would probably be be okay being vulnerable. It really shows who you are. And people then tend to trust you more. Um, and vulnerability is hard. Like, I'm, I'm not a good crier. I'm an ugly crier. And so vulnerability isn't just about crying, but you have to be okay with the occasional breakdown. And um, I just had one earlier this week but it was because somebody else made me cry because <laughs> they were going to miss me. And I was like, oh, golly. Um, and so that was really special. And then I think the fourth thing, you know, that I would really, really suggest if you're going to get into leadership is see what's out there. You know, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I post a lot. I talk a lot about the organization that I'm on the board of directors for, which is a team women. And it is a, a, an organization that lifts other women up. You know, we talk about helping you get from the classroom to the boardroom. So finding that and making sure that you're a part of something along those lines is going to really help you grow. So LinkedIn, taking a class that talks about, you know, the rules of engagement that helped you get to where or helped an individual like Colin Powell get to where he is. Um, and have those leadership conversations with others, you know, find like-minded leaders and find also leaders who aren't like-minded, who might be thinking along different, you know, capacities and aspects because the more that you can bring to the table and the more that you can have from a collaboration perspective, the broader your mind is going to be. 
I'm so I'm gonna go ahead, Mike. Yes, um, sorry. Uh, so I'm gonna take it the other way around. Okay. Um, what do you think? Or so you've been, as like you said, uh, in leadership for for many years now. Uh, what can organizations do uh, in your mind that can better support uh, women in tech, specifically to do the advancements into the leadership? And what kind of environment they should have to to support that? Uh, because um, we all know that we would like to advance. We might have the mentorship and everything else, but if we are in an organization that really does not support our goal and vision, it's going to be a little bit hard to do that. That is a great question. So it's one of the things that I'm going to give in my feedback when I do an exit interview with my current employer, Hennepin County. Um, so they finally realized, and I know they put it into place probably eight months ago, <clears throat> that they should do stay interviews. Why are you, as a, an employee of the county, going to stay here? What makes you stay here? What are we doing right? Um, and I will be providing feedback to say, had I known about these stay interviews that they were put into place eight months ago, the outcome for me leaving may have been completely different because maybe I could have been connected somehow so that I could find the growth that I was looking for and the challenge that I was looking for. So I would offer feedback to them to say that. I would also say that it's really imperative if your organization has, and they call them different things at different places, but at Hennepin, we call them employee resource groups. So for instance, we have a women in STEM. So I used to chair that group. And I was growing it to the point that we were pulling in um, women from all over the county that held STEM um, type jobs. And how can we support them? We have a lean in group. So lean in is huge uh, in a woman's um, space. Uh, it's where kind of what I won't say it is it isn't modeled off of it. Team women isn't modeled off of lean in, but there's a lot of similarities to it and they do small circles and things. So you need to be able to have access to that within your organization. Your organization also has to support making sure that you have the opportunity to take educational courses if you're looking for it. Hennepin does. I went back to school myself and started working and chipping away at my degree. And so if there's that uh, with the culmination of the other two things, I think that you can be really successful um, and you can find, you know, the challenges and the next opportunities that you're looking for. One of the key things that I think about, Edith, and that you and I have talked about many times, and if you look at everything that you've talked about, is that you need to lean into your own career, to your own knowledge growth. Uh, and your own enhancement. If there's one thing that I see both from an employer perspective and an employee perspective is waiting. They wait to see what will happen and if employees will stay or go. If you're an employee, they wait for someone to invite them to learn more or they wait to be invited to learn about how they could be promoted or they wait for that project where they could finally lean in and show um, something different, um, uh, a skill. Um, and I think that it's one of the most important things to think about that ultimately you're in charge 
of your own career and you're in charge of which way your head is pointed because you control right your own neck and, and what you're looking at. And I think that it's really important to take an active role um, as an employee, as a leader, and as a company to take an active role in having those conversations. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you, Sarah. You have to be in charge of your career. No one is going to do or get you to where you want to go just by you waiting. It's amazing how many people don't realize that, that they do need to find those opportunities themselves. They need to own their career. And it, it it's one thing to wait and, and to rely on your leadership to give you those opportunities. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Like it is good for leadership is what, what I'm trying to say. Is it's good for leadership to find opportunities for the, the people that they lead. But ultimately, you do need to like you're saying, Sarah, you do need to be responsible for your own career um, mm -hmm. and look for those those opportunities. And one of the things that I know that Antonio that we've talked about um, being a leader at an organization, whether whether it's consultants or whether it's employees working at an internal uh, company, that they need to be able to take steps to be able to lean in. If there's somebody that they want to dialogue with, don't wait to be asked or don't wait to have that senior leader set up a meeting with you. And Edith touched on this multiple times in what she was providing, set up a meeting set up a request, that's the worst thing that can happen. They can decline or say, I don't have time to meet at that time, or you might not get out of it exactly what you go into it with. But if you just sit hat in hand waiting for that person to come and talk to you, you might be waiting a very long time. So leaning into being able to set up those dialogues and have those conversations and try and build those relationships or find a mentor to be able to say, what could I do next? I'm looking at the board. I don't know what my next best move is. Help me understand it. The idea of a mentor is like I completely agree with you both. It's it's uh, it's it's amazing how important that is. I, I didn't realize this, but about 15 years ago, I think it was 2007, I got a mentor inadvertently somehow. It's a long story how, but it helped tremendously on kind of setting me on a path on leadership and having someone to bounce ideas off of and someone who would tell you both the good and the bad. Um, very honestly and constructively for you. Um, yeah, it's it's invaluable to to set that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mentors are mentors are. My husband just walked in the door, so uh, just FYI, if you hear him, that's Todd. <laughs> well, I think that Mike, I'm going to guess that we kind of supersized uh, our episode because I think that we had a lot of good things to talk about, and either they really think that if. For the listeners, even if you go back and you listen to some of the key things that Edith talked about, right, there's a lot of uh, career building advice, leadership building advice in ways that you don't have to wait for someone to lift you up to be able to lean into that yourself. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was a wonderful, wonderful pleasure. I really, really enjoyed it. So, yes. Great to have you here. It was lovely having you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, everybody, we'll see you on our next episode. Thanks and have a great day. Bye.